time to fly all the way over here from Kentucky. And um, we already know he went through Atlanta because he always does. He lives in Atlanta. That's his second home. And uh, we appreciate your faithfulness and your example to many of us. And we appreciate what the Lord's going to give us tonight through your preaching. Thank you, Brother. Open your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua. What a great crowd tonight. I started to say what a good-looking crowd, but anyway, what a great crowd. I'm glad that you're here tonight. It's good to be behind the old bus again. I like it. I like it. I love the bus ministry, and I I mean that with all of my heart. I I imagine it was about 20 years ago, a very good preacher and and, and a well-known preacher he, uh, he came to see me, and we went to a restaurant to eat, and he said this, and I, I think he was well-intended. I don't know. He said, Brother Fugit, you need to be careful. You're going to become known as a bus man. He said, uh, you have other talents, and, and uh, you don't want to be known just as a bus man. And I said to him then, and I say it now, I'll take it. You just go ahead and call me the bus man. And uh, when I went to Lexington, there was 18 people in our first service, and uh, we uh, started buying buses and winning people to Christ. And God's been so good to us. We're running 25 buses. And, you know, it's been, uh, it's been a lot of work uh, since COVID to get things back. Uh, but in the month of October, our five-week campaign, uh, it was good to average over 1,000 a week again in the bus ministry and, and to see 800 visitors in church in the bus ministry in October is just a great blessing to see it. And, and it's a lot of work, but it can be done. And uh, anything that's worth doing uh, is a lot of work, and it's good. It's good to see Commonwealth Baptist College graduates and students here. Thank you for being here. I appreciate what you're doing. And, of course, you know at Commonwealth we love the bus ministry and so much. You know, if, if you can learn to just love people where they are and win people to Christ through the bus ministry, God can use you in any area of the bus ministry. In September, a little nine-year-old girl who was in a wheelchair, they tried for a month to get her to come to Sunday school and to ride a bus. But she didn't want to come because... Because they're ignorant. They, they, they don't know. And how sad it is. How sad it is. Brother Pledger uh, travels the world and wins hundreds of thousands of people to Christ around the world that have never heard the gospel. We're living in a day where folks have never heard the gospel. Carolyn was just, she was just surprised. I mean, she was just amazed to hear the gospel. But then when she learned about heaven and learned that in heaven she won't be crippled and she'll walk and run. She was so amazed, she went home and she told her family and she told her friends, I got saved and when I go to heaven, I won't be crippled anymore. And uh, I I don't know about you, and I, I love to read books and read what God did 30, 40, 50 years ago. But I'm glad I can stand and tell you what God did today, what God did yesterday. And when you're in the bus ministry, uh, you got stories to tell, and what a great blessing. On the way to church, just as Brother Tyson was picking me up, I got a, a copy of a news report. A 20-year-old 20-year lady was killed in an automobile accident yesterday uh, or last night, and uh, it was from the bus director, and he said, Preacher, I, 
I always look up the names uh, when I see uh, someone like this has been killed. And, and uh, he said, uh, uh, six years ago, this gal uh, rode our buses to Sunday school and church and got saved. Yeah. It, it, isn't that a blessing? Yeah. And, and it just goes on and on. And I, I don't know. I just don't know of a ministry. I just don't know of a ministry that gets more people saved. I don't. I don't. And I'm, I'm thankful for you uh, and the work that you're doing uh, uh, in the bus ministry. Uh, Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5. It's been a great service. Thank you, choir, for singing. Thank you for the enjoyment, the excitement of being in this crowd. I love it. I love the excitement of it, and uh, I I appreciate so much. Stand with me, if you will, when you find Joshua chapter 5, if you're able to do so. I'm going to get my reading glasses out. My son Joel told me a few months ago, he said, Dad, he said, when you uh, read the Bible, you probably should wear reading glasses. And I said, Joel, if I do that, they'll think I'm old and can't see. And I said, and he said, right now they think you can't read. And uh, so, uh, so I, I, I'll go ahead and wear them. Uh, Joshua, Joshua chapter 5. Joel used to work on staff until he said that. And then uh, Joshua 5, verse number 12. And the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna any more. But they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. Isn't that good? <laughs> Thank God for the manna, but boy, it doesn't, hold a, it doesn't hold a light to that fruit of the land of Canaan. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. Now this next line will tell you what kind of man Joshua was. And Joshua went unto him. Didn't say he ran from the man with the sword drawn. He went to him. So Joshua is a good soldier. He goes to him, the Bible says, and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as the captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. I'm going to preach tonight on this subject, overcoming a strong hold. Overcoming a strong hold. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word. I, I, I just get so excited. It, it, it doesn't matter how tired we are and what we've done. It just It's just so exciting to come to the Lord's house, especially sort of when we run a victory lap and look back and, and remember what has been done. And Lord, be challenged and, and stirred to just keep pressing on in the final lap as we see the day of your return approaching. I pray, Lord, that you bless the preaching now. May your will be accomplished in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Jericho was a great walled city. Now, historians tell us that it was surrounded, Jericho was surrounded by two massive stone walls. Now, what I read, it may be different than what you've read, but it would be similar. Uh, What I read said the outer wall around Jericho was about six feet thick. I would guess it's about the width of this bus, uh, something like this, six feet thick. 
and 20 feet high. And that's probably about 16, uh, 17 feet to the uh, peak of that right there. And so uh, six feet wide and 20 feet tall all around the city of Jericho, a stone wall. And then there was an inner wall inside that wall. It was 12 feet thick, so it would be twice as wide as this. And it was 30 feet high. And then there was a 15-foot guarded walkway between these two walls. And from a military standpoint, it was impossible for the enemy to get to the people inside the city of Jericho. I mean, it was, in fact, in that day, it was a stronghold. There were no drones. There were no planes. I mean, they were on foot or they were on horse, and there was no way that they could get through those two walls and inside uh, those walls to the people of Jericho. Now, that city of Jericho represents the things uh, that you and I are called to do, but yet there are hindrances in the way of us accomplishing that. Let me just go ahead and say, uh, by way of beginning, I love victory. I I love victory. Now, you have to understand, victory is not tranquility. Many folks like tranquility. Victory is not the absence of an enemy Victory, victory is the defeat of one. And you can't have victory until you have defeated uh, the enemy. God didn't call us and he didn't uh, die and raise from the grave to give us tranquility. He, he died to give us victory according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And so when you tell me I can't do something, there's just something on the inside that says, if God said I can do it, I can do it. I love that challenge and I love throughout the word of God what happens uh, when you face a stronghold. Now, that stronghold could represent a lot of things. It could represent uh, the work of us getting the gospel. It is our responsibility to get the gospel to every creature in this world in our generation. And if we don't do that, and if we are not a part of that here and uh, around the world, the blood will be on our hand of this generation. That is our job. You say, preacher, that seems to be impossible. With God, nothing is impossible, and we must believe that we can. But the stronghold may be uh, the things that we would see that would be in our way. The stronghold could be a besetting sin that prevents you from going uh, uh, deep into the things of God and your relationship with God. It could be a root of bitterness and it could be unforgiveness. It could be an attitude that's holding you back. It could be something in the past that you're still holding on to that's preventing you from doing uh, uh, God's will for today. Whatever it is, it's a stronghold in your life and it stands between you and God's best for your life. I believe there are three things that we find in this passage of scripture that can help us break the stronghold. And the first one is the most important one. I want you to see it. First of all, it involves a confrontation. It involves confrontation. I'll give you three words. The first is that of confrontation. 
interpretation. I want you to get the picture. Joshua is surveying the city of Jericho. He is going around that wall, that outer wall, and he is walking around. And I imagine he, as you and I often think about the work God's called us to do, we ponder, we wonder, we pray. How do we do this? How do we accomplish this? I believe that's what Joshua is doing as he's pondering and walking around that city. And as he walks around, he meets a soldier, and that soldier draws his sword. Now, Joshua, being a soldier himself, does what a soldier should do. He doesn't run from him. He goes to him. And it's quite important to recognize what happens. First of all, we find out that this is not just a soldier. This is a person. This is the person of God. This is God walking around the city that Joshua meets on this day. And Joshua goes to him and he not only finds out that this is the person of God, he experiences uh, the power of God and he recognizes who he is. Now I want to show you a question tonight that we have to answer if we're going to have success in our life and ministry in the will of God. I want you to notice what the Bible says at the end of verse number 13. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he did not expect to get the answer he got because the answer he got was no. What do you mean no? I mean, there's only two choices here. You're either for us or you're for them. Whose side are you on? He says, no. That's almost like asking a seventh grader a question, isn't it? That's not one of the answers. But that's the answer Joshua got. I want you to really listen to what I'm about to tell you. In life, and even in the will of God, we often look at the will of God as if it is my work and my responsibility. And I want to know who's on my side. And sadly, we oftentimes spend more time trying to figure out who's on whose side. And God says to Joshua, no. I'm not on your side. I'm on the, not on their side. I'm on my side. That's right. That's right. Look at me. This is not our work. Right. It's God. This is God's work. This is not my work. I'm not trying to get God on my side. And sadly, we often spend much time in prayer and we, and we yearn in prayer for God to be on our side when what we ought to do is figure out, I'm not needing to get God on my side. I need to figure out the will of God and yield to God's will because it's not me against them. It's God against wrong. And he had to come to the understanding it's not a matter of choosing sides. It's a matter of getting on God's side. Look at it again. Verse number 13. Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, 
nay. But as the captain of the host of the Lord, am I now come? And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship. It was a great day in my life when I came to the place that I cannot do anything for God, but I can yield my life to God and God can use me to do what he wants to do with me in my life. Years ago, and I did not mean this wrong, I I, I didn't mean it wrong at all, I wanted to do a work for God. I wanted to do a great work for God. I wanted to do a work for God, and I must confess, I wanted not only to do a work for God, I wanted others to see what I could do for God. But I learned after a few years, I can't do anything for God. But I could yield my life to him and let him use me as a vessel and a tool in his hand. And when I do that, I get no credit. Ah, but he gets the glory. And we get a whole lot more done when I recognize it's not me against you and you against him and you against her. It's about us being on God's side and doing the will of God and doing the work of God. Some years ago, one of my kids came to me about this time and said, Dad, I, I, I need some money. And, of course, they, they spell A-T-M-D-A-D. And, uh, and I said, what do, you, what do you need money for? And they said, well, I want to do some Christmas shopping. And I said, well, what, what do you mean you want to do some Christmas shopping? I want to get some presents. I said, who are you getting presents for? Well, I'd like to get you a present. I said, well, why didn't you start off saying that? I mean, why didn't you, start, why didn't you say that first? And 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 they, I gave them some money. I gave them some money so they could buy presents. Now think about that. They couldn't buy any presents from me unless I gave them the money. They're just little boys. And I really can't do anything for God. There's not there's not a whole lot I can do for God. On a thousand hills, he owns the wealth in every mine. He owns it all. Dear friend, there's nothing I can do for him, but I can give myself to him. I can yield myself. And the day I yielded myself to God, I was set free from turmoil. I was set free from trying to figure out who was on whose side. I just declared, I'm on God's side, and I want God to have his will done. And if, friend, we're going to do a work for God in the bus ministry, we have to yield ourselves to him and do what God would have us to do. A young soldier, a young soldier said to Abraham Lincoln uh, in the Civil War, Sir, uh, do you think that God is on our side? And, And President Lincoln said, I'm not concerned whether God's on our side. My concern is that we are on God's side and we're doing what God wants us to do. First of all, there must be a confrontation. And the confrontation is not between you and me. The confrontation is between me and God and figuring out who the captain of this group is. And the captain is the Lord Jesus Christ. Second of all, it involves a confidence. I want you to notice chapter 6, if you will, please. Now, Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho. See, I have given into thine hand Jericho. Wait a minute. That's not what I've seen. All I've seen is two big walls that we can't get past. That's all I've seen. 
He didn't say, I want you to see in the future. He said, I want you to see it right now. See, I have given you Jericho. We've got to go soul winning. We've got to go in the work of God with the confidence that God does the work. God does the saving. God does the convicting. God does the converting. It's my job to just proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and have confidence in his plan, confidence in what God wants you to do. There are four things that he had to have confidence in. First of all, he had to have confidence in the person of God. Now, the truth is that's not too difficult. Anybody with just walking around since knows that this didn't happen by an explosion, that God created the heaven and earth. I believe in the person of God. Second of all, I believe in the power of God. We can have camp meeting tonight talking about the power of God. I mean, everybody can shout when we talk about the power of God. I mean, he holds the hurricanes and he holds the wind and the rain and the sun and the stars. He holds it all in his hand. I remember that song. He holds, has the whole world in his hand. And dear friend, he does. He holds the heart of the king in his hand. I love to think about the power of God. Then we can shout about the promises of God. We could talk a long time about the promises beginning with salvation. Aren't you glad that whosoever means whosoever? Aren't you glad? You know, in English, of course, it means whosoever. Whosoever in German means whosoever. And, and, and whosoever in Spanish means uh, uh, whosoever. And uh, whosoever in Pig Latin means uh, uh, whosoever. It means anybody and everybody that will trust Christ as Savior. And I'm glad tonight. I'm glad tonight that whosoever. I'm glad God didn't pick three of my children to go to heaven and two to go to hell. Uh, God gave his son to die for the whole world. He is not willing to that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He said in the promises of God, open your mouth wide and I'll fill it. The promises of God, how wonderful they are. But when you come to the fourth thing that he had to have confidence in, uh, that wasn't as easy and that was the processes of God. That's tough. Young Joseph had a dream. You're going to be a prince. Your brothers are going to bow down to you. Why? We can shout about the person and power and promises of God. He went and told everybody. He went and told his brothers to the place. They were so mad at him. They threw him in a pit and they were talking about killing their brother because of what he had said. Ah, but Joseph, he had more excitement in not just the person and the power and the promises of God. He trusted the processes of God. Process of God sometimes tough. Some through the water, some through the fire, some through the flood, all through the blood. Friend, can I tell you something tonight? Can I tell you something? The processes are not easy. And Joshua had to come to a place of confidence in the person of God, the power of God, the promises of God, and the processes of God. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 3. And ye shall come past the city, all ye men of war. Now anybody could do what they did, but he called for the men of war. They weren't going to have any war. But he called for the men of war. And go around about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. 
And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times. And the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout and the wall of the city shall fall down flat and the people shall ascend up in every man straight before him. And all of the liberals said, yeah, right. (laughs) Soul winning doesn't work. Bus ministry doesn't work. You bring a bunch of mean kids and they tear up the buildings. They don't listen. That's what the liberals say. It don't work. I was preaching in the south, and the preacher picked me up. We were on the way from the airport to the motel, and he said to me, he said, soul winning just doesn't work here anymore, Brother Fugit. About five minutes down the road, he said, Brother Fugit. I said, yes, sir. He said, you know, soul winning just doesn't work here anymore. About four or five minutes down the road, he said, Brother Fugit, did you hear me? I said, I heard you. Did you ask me a question? He said, no, but I was wanting you to comment. I said, okay, so? That's the only thing God said to do was go. I don't want to tell you. Just keep keep going. He said, but if it doesn't work, why go? I said, because God said to go. He said, but it doesn't work. That year he resigned, and I'm glad he did. He should have. If you're not going to win people to Christ, you don't believe God can save, you don't believe the gospel works, you ought to resign. I typically don't go back to the same church when they change pastors, but the new pastor asked me, he said, would you please come? And I, I kept the same date. I went. Same ride, same road, going to the motel. He said, you know, Brother Fugit, something odd about soul winning? And I thought, oh, no. <laughs> he said, you know what's odd about soul winning? He said, I go soul winning every week. And he, he, said, he said, the people I witness to and the people I win to Christ, he said, I, I really have a hard time getting them to come. But he said, every week we have visitors at church. He said, and every week folks get saved. He said, it just, it just seems like I do what God wants me to do, but it seems like he just sends who he wants. I said, you would think God's in control, wouldn't you? You see, we want soul winning to work so we can say, this is what I did. Joshua said, whose side are you on? Ours or theirs? No. By the way, he told him to take his shoe off. And he got down on his hands and knees like a soldier should not with a man sword drawn. He got down like this. You know what that meant? He cut his head off if he wanted to. That was total surrender to God. He had to have that confrontation. And then second of all, he had to have that confidence. And I'll give you the third one and I'll give you the last one. It also involved a conquest. They had to do what God told them to do. It involved determination. They may have been tempted to fight. After all, they were men of war. They may have been tempted to go three days and say, it doesn't work. They may have been tempted to go to six days and say, it didn't work. 
Ah, but it involved determination. It, it involved a, 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 a conquest of determination and dedication. And they had to say, we're going to do what God says to do. And dear friend, that when they did, the walls came down. And I don't care what your stronghold is. I promise you, if you will do what God says to do, you will overcome that stronghold. A man came to me and he said, Brother Fugit, he said, I got saved. I've been in church. He said, it just doesn't work. I said, look, you gave Budweiser 15 years and you gave Jesus four weeks. I said, Budweiser didn't work for you one time and you laid in that gutter for 15 years. And then you come and tell me Jesus doesn't work after four weeks. I said, won't you give Jesus at least a year? What a shame. I said, you don't want it to work. I'm going to tell you something. That old book works right there. It'll pick up the worst. Young man said, there's a man sitting on the front row in our church. What an amazing story. 42 years he spent in the penitentiary. 42 years. He's 65 years old. 42 years. He was in the hole in an Atlanta prison. He said, I hated God and I looked for opportunities to hate God. He said, I was put in the I was put in the hole, me and one other man, and he listened to David Jeremiah. Amen. And he heard, he said, I heard that man preach the gospel. He said, I took that pillow and put it over my ears. And he said, I, I put my finger in my ears. I could still hear the gospel. I couldn't drown it out. He said, God got a hold of me in that cell, and I trusted Christ as my Savior. He applied for the Trump program. That Trump led a lot of folks out of prison that had proven themselves. He goes soul winning every week. He works to win people to Christ. He sits on the front row except when he's in the choir singing. They moved him the other day behind me, and I said, look, I'm hard of hearing, but he's still too loud. moving, Moving down on that end. He sings tenor. Ten or twelve notes off, and uh, but uh, but but I want to tell you something. It works. We have to have the confidence. We have to have the determination. We have to go through the conquest. We have to go through the motions, trusting in God, watching God, watching God do the work. What a joy it is! Yes. To tear down the strongholds. Aren't you glad you don't have to read a book and tell your children, hey, let me read to you what God used to do. Aren't you glad you're part of a church that can say, let me introduce you to a lady that God saved and changed her life. Let me introduce you to a man that God uh, saved and changed her life. And I want to say tonight, we can overcome the stronghold. We can accomplish God's will for our life. Stand with me, if you will. Everyone standing, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you're here tonight and you've never received Christ as your Savior, you ought to trust Christ as your Savior. Maybe you came with a friend tonight. Maybe you came as a visitor and you've never trusted Christ. You ought to trust Him. Or maybe you're here tonight as a Christian and you're discouraged because the stronghold, because it just seems impossible. And, and, and it could be any number of things. It could be an overwhelming schedule. It could be any, any number of things you need to decide tonight. First of all, I need to quit trying to get God on my side and I need to yield to God and be on God's side. 
I need to quit trying to get God to approve of my plan. Quit spending my time getting God on my side and spend my time just yielding and saying, Lord, I give my life to you. Folks have already come to the altar. If you want to join them, I invite you to come. Heavenly Father, I pray that you take this simple, simple truth, this story. Lord, so many times we work and we work and we work trying to convince you to join our team and our program. And I pray that tonight as we go away, we would think of that question. Lord, whose side are you on, our side or their side? And we could hear in our mind, no, nay, neither. I'm the captain. And I'm here because I want you to be on my side. Help us tonight, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Take your time. Altar's open. If you're here tonight, you don't know for sure. If you died today, you'd go to heaven. The most important decision you could ever know is what you do with Christ.